0: she's got a knack for hurting me is it the word she says the only thing that keeps me here are her eyes in the morning well i've packed my things a thousand times oh, and i've faked believe all her lies for the last time take it or leave it cause am really gonna leave
1: New first thing in the morning kissing you good morning
0: whispering welcome to talking Giants the number two podcast in the Dominican Republic presented by DraftKings. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Penick. uh hope it's a shorter episode we got an interview with oh. JT alphabet who is a trainer with Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Aziz Ojolai, uh Andrew Thomas, and Tay Crowder. and All Georgia Bulldogs that you just named? Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton aren't. Ingram, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not oh. going to spoil the interview of how how they all got together. Ingram's sister was a Georgia Bulldog. That's why I got confused. That's true. That is true. All SEC guys, at least that. Um, so we got an interview with him, about, uh, a, sh- a short little interview with him at the end of the episode. Um, and before that, we're going to talk about the outside linebacker group. Not like necessarily giving our takes, but just making the case for and against each player, um, and why they should should or shouldn't be um, in that in that top two outside linebacker uh, rotation. Justin, how are you? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Um, we keep
1: on getting comments that um, we we uh, we spend too much time not talking about the Giants. Uh, there was a, a nice. Uh, this person probably really enjoys us, but. Um, there was a person on our last episode that uh, that left a YouTube comment that left the timestamp of when we actually started talking about the Giants um, it was about five minutes in so I'm not gonna really express how I am or how I'm doing because we just need to start talking about the Giants right now how and how, how are you I guess because nobody really cares about that relax
0: for uh, <laughs> for first of all uh, I, I'm good I'm good uh, you know I just I'm a fan of and, all right, we're gonna get, we'll talk about we'll uh, talk about some stuff at the end of the podcast. You're a fan of Dwayne Haskins, yes, yes, big time fan. Um, all right, all right. Let's let's uh let let's. I really did get triggered. I really did get triggered. I apologize to that person. Oh yeah, that oh, left, oh, that, oh, that, per, that, left yeah, that comment. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't get a little a little triggered. Because that was
1: really that was really directed at them. Oh, so I got it out of the way. I'm good. Let's uh let's talk about the uh. Let's talk about some edge rushers. Yeah, let's talk about where, some edge. Where are these guys
0: going to fit? Let's talk about the edge rushers, and then we can uh, we can BS after the interview. Um, so I I want to talk. I just one we are looking for topics instead of just like doing. We'll do, we're going to do one more mailbag before training camp starts, either Tuesday or Friday. But I didn't want to do it this week, you know, just because we kind of just got back. So I didn't want to do a, another mailbag. Um, so I was trying to think of topics and it's like, okay, let's talk about the outside linebacker group because it is so crowded, but there's really no clear cut leader in that room. So we'll talk about Lorenzo Carter, Aziz, Ojalari, Fetty, uh, Odenabo, and O'Shane Zimenez of why each one of those guys could, um, be like, you know, the top producer there or why they could be the fourth guy out of that group. Or, you know, some of them can even, you know, fall the fifth, if Ellison Smith produces well, you know, halfway through the season. Um, so, Who do you want to talk about first? Do you want to go like the projected one or the projected four? I want to go projected one. Who do you think that would be? Lorenzo Lorenzo Carter. Carter. There's only there's
1: only one question on why Lorenzo Carter wouldn't be the projected one.
0: Yeah. So the 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 torn Achilles tendon is is like the big question mark with Lorenzo Carter. Um, Will he come back? But the case for him is he's been. He was a full participant, in you know the the rookie or not rookie camps, the the off season activities, which you know there's no really reason to push yourself in those if you're not ready. You know Saquon wasn't even out on the field with those guys. Um, it's a contract year for Lorenzo Carter. You know, as, when I was getting ready for this, I was kind of like, oh yeah, man, it's it's already year four for Lorenzo Carter, Will Hernandez, BJ Hill, uh, RJ McIntosh. It's like it's wow. Okay, we're getting on some some contract years for Dave Gettleman draft picks, and Lorenzo Carter really is in that. And I think he's the guy who could fluctuate the most with with a contract. So he's got that going. Uh, pl- what he's playing for. Um, going off of 2020, he looked like a good player. You know, like like before he got injured in those five games. Like it was like okay, Lorenzo Carter's a good player. He's not great. He's not blowing you away but he's making an impact in every single game you know he's not costing you you know he's he's a do it all type player which is you know which is big for Patrick Rand we've seen that in the way they uh, you know they draft and sign players where it's like he can set the edge he can rush the passer he's not going to blow he's not going to you know blow past people and bend the edge like crazy but he's going to have some sacks had four sacks his rookie year four and a half of the second season um, and he can drop back in coverage and be functional at doing that um, uh, six foot five, two fifty. So he's got experience, you know, where Aziz, you know, the guy who probably would be next to compete with him is, you know, is a rookie. So yeah, he kind of has like everything going for him to be the starter and get the most reps besides coming off of the injury. Yeah. I mean,
1: even before the injury, you know, well, obviously after the injury, he got 0% of the snaps, but before the injury, he was getting like 80, 90% of the snaps in, in games. And You know, at least in years past now, obviously, you know, Patrick Graham, different defensive coordinator, but since the days, you know, we had JPP, Olivier Vernon, and they were getting, you know, 70, 80, 90% of the snaps, and especially the, you know, 2016 year where Spags ran those guys into the ground just because there was no depth even with a little bit of depth that the Giants had at the edge rusher spot last year, you know, we were sitting here wondering why Marcus Golden was getting only 30% of the snaps. Well, it's because Lorenzo Carter was getting, he was like the one guy, the outliner, the outlier who was getting 90, 80% of the snaps. And that's where, you know, partially, I that's why I think that he kind of stood out a little bit more is because he was on the field. And, you know, when you're out on the field, you're able to stuff the stat sheet a little bit more, but also credit to him that the coaching staff felt like he could be out there first of all. And then also being productive. Isn't just, you know, you can't snap your fingers just because you're on the field and be productive in the NFL. He wasn't stuffing the stat sheet in terms of pressures, but just being a complete, like you said, Bobby, a complete and a versatile player. Um, I think he's the best run defender out of all these four guys. Uh, I think he is the best best athlete. I'm putting a question mark, but and an asterisk next to the best athlete. I don't agree because with that. what is he, what is he going to look like uh, coming back from Even injury and Aziz? Hurt, I don't agree with that. Do you think Aziz is a better athlete? Yes. Okay, I, I say best athlete because just we we've seen Lorenzo Carter out on a football out on a professional football field. Um best in coverage like I said he had multiple games of 10 plus snaps dropping back into coverage last year. And he also has I know we have, you know, the edge room and now the interior linebacker room is a little bit of is a little bit crowded because of Carter Coughlin, but he also has like that interior linebacker versatility as well where he can't line up as that as as your full-time interior linebacker. But as just putting him there, whether it's against the run or as a guy that can come in and blitz, he can do it. And, or as a guy that can drop back in coverage. Like, that's, and that's why I think Patrick Graham, he's going to get the most in this. So, here we go. I think he's going to get the most snaps. And why he, it would make sense for Lawrence Recorder to get the most snaps is because he is the most versatile. Patrick Graham can utilize his skill set the most. And he is the most like, wild card as to you don't know what he's
0: going to do he does everything good enough where two of these guys on this yeah. list they don't do anything of, of one aspect of this game and that's dropping back <laughs> yeah. on the coverage um you know where Aziz is very well rounded too which we'll talk about we'll talk about him in a second but he does everything where like you said he can you know play the you know that will linebacker which he's done at times like you said not not full-time playing that position where you can put him there, you could put another edge rusher there. It's like you can just do different type of personnel systems with Lorenzo, um, and and you always are guessing as an offense on what is he going to do? Is he going to rush the passer? Is he strictly going to be setting the edge versus the run? Um, you know, is is he going to drop back in the coverage? Is he going to stunt? Like he can do all of all of those things. But you know, the torn Achilles tendon that's like a serious injury too. You know, so like. I, um, like, do you think though he'll play in preseason games coming off that injury? I, I,
1: I, have no clue. You know, and you know, this is where, you know, even if we did the research of looking up, you know, and maybe I'll, maybe we'll do, maybe I do want to do this for his PPP. At least give the give the effort there of like looking up guys that have come off this kind of injury, and then what have, they, what did they do coming back, and you know, how many games did they play, and how do they look, et cetera, et cetera. Doing because we're not, you know, we're not doctors. I would hope that he wouldn't play in the preseason that's kind of like my hope because we kind of know what we're going to get out of lorenzo carter at least healthy lorenzo carter i kind of would want to see what we can get out of ocean what we can get uh out of odinebo uh if he is is odinebo even like a full time edge rusher and especially
0: ellerson smith Car- seen yeah, ellerson carter smith has a go floor that probably nobody else really has you yeah, know, like as a do at all. Like, you know, Odenable has a floor, but it's like he just doesn't drop in the coverage at all.
2: Um, yeah.
1: So we know what Carter is in a way. You know, obviously we don't know what he looks like coming off the injury, but we know what he is. And I would rather see some other guys like kind of get out there and, you know, rock and roll and see what they're about.
0: Next, Aziz Ojalar, a Giants second round pick. Uh, just turned t- 21, three, two 249 pounds. He had first round buzz. Now I was not part of the first round buzz um, crowd with the Z's where I I felt like I felt he was drafted right around where he should have been drafted, you know, Um, you know, and one of those reasons was, you know, look at him versus Stone Forsythe, who was like a sixth round pick by the Seahawks and and he had some issues. Um, But that's that being said, he just turned 21, um, had that first round buzz, you know, so a a better draft prospect than Lorenzo Carter was. Um, Bends the edge better than anyone like if you if you're if you're saying like just get you know dip around that corner and and bend the edge like I don't I'm not going to say it automatically has the best pass rush moves um I think O'Shane might still have that um but just bending the edge wise like Aziz Ojolari is going to do that better um than it than I think any of these outside linebackers um with some pass rush moves and like Lorenzo Carter you know, unlike some, you know, Shane Simmons, who is, is a pretty decent pure pass rusher, he's a do it all type player. Drops back in the coverage, looks good in it. Plays the run. Now, there's times where he can get pushed off the edge, um, a little bit. You know, Lorenzo Carter, you're not going to see that happen. But he still plays the run. As a you know, like plays it smart. You know, knows how to spill through pulling guards or. Or if he needs to play the outside, to play the outside. Like, he knows how to play that position. And he's just so, so young. Seems to be a guy that's, like, looking to play. And also, another thing in his, his corner is, one, there's a, a second-round pick, so there's expectations. Give the young guy some playing time when the rest of this group really hasn't set themselves, you know, head and shoulders ab- uh, above anybody. You know? So it's like, like, Azizo Jalar should be getting playing time just for the sake of, like, you know what? Why not? Why not give a guy who can do it all playing time to go out there and learn, instead of you know maybe putting someone who's you know better right away those more reps. Like Azizo Jazar is going to get important reps week one. He may get yeah, more reps than s- Kadarius Tony week one.
1: <laughs> I I would certainly hope so because you know he he does have the tools to already be the best pass rusher on this team. Um, has the high, so here are some you know the, the notes that I have has the highest ceiling and hopefully a snap share increases as the weeks go on, so even at, you know we're talking about which edge rusher you know in terms of the depth chart right which edge rusher is going to get the most snaps and what are the snap shares going to look like you know especially to, as the season as the season ends when the season ends but I think it, you know we may be looking back when the season ends that Aziz Ojolari. Weeks one through eight, his snap share looks completely different than weeks eight through seventeen. Um, so that's something to or eighteen week, eighteen weeks, right? So weeks uh, eight through 18, the second half of the season. So um, here are some questions that I have though, and I I, I want to say honestly that there are more questions around you know a rookie and a guy that we haven't you know haven't seen on the football field more than the rest of the guys here. Is he too raw? Is he too young? Does he have enough play strength yet? Does he have enough pass rushing moves to be successful right away? Those are like the main questions that I have. Especially, is he too raw and is he too young? Because I mean, I can't wrap my head around. You know, I'm 23 years old, and I still feel like a child. Um, He's 20 years old, Bobby Skinner. 21 (laughs) now. He's 20 years old. Yeah. He's 20. he's, He's still 21. You know, he just
0: got his freaking license turned the other way. Yeah, it's – and you look at some all-time pass rushers and you look at their – like some of the best pass rushers in the game, you look at their rookie season, it's like, yeah, these guys didn't pop right away. No. You know, like T.J. Like Watt, who's like, you know, after Aaron Donald, maybe the best defensive player in the in the league, you know, he had like you know, seven sacks his rookie year. So Yeah, and also – and, and, and he's not like, you know, a top ten pass rusher. Like even look at Chase yes. Young, who we all think is going to be really great. Like he had a good rookie year, but like – what do you have, like six and a half, seven sacks?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's what I that's what I was exactly going to say, is that, you know, the guys that were drafted highly, like, you know, think of the Boses of the world, the Garrett's of the world the Chase showed out Young's. Right yeah. But but I mean, think of those guys. Uh, and and I mean, I would say overall, you know, even though Chase Young you know, didn't and get and the double digit, double digit sacks, I'm also of the belief that you don't need to be a double digit sack player in the NFL to be a really good pass rusher. You know, because I've talked about this stat on bleeding blue. I've talked about it on here. You know, 1985, there were thirty there were like thirty players that got 10 plus sacks in 1985. In 2020, there were 10 players in the NFL that got 10 plus sacks. So you know that doesn't mean that there are only 10 good pass rushers in the National Football League. That's that's nonsense. But so those guys, though, you know the Boses of the World, the Miles Garretts of the world, um, Chase Youngs of the world, they were drafted high and they started off their careers relatively hot, relatively good because they had that expectation. they were drafted high for a reason, even if there was a a, a team that reached on you know a, a Rousseau earlier or a Jalen Phillips earlier. You know these guys, just as pass rushing prospects, are not even comparable to the Boses of the world, to the Chase Youngs of the world, or the Miles Garrets of the world. So I am really, probably, more more than I should, pumping my brakes on my expectations for Aziz Ojolari, simply because there are other guys on this football team that have way more experience,
0: and Carter's more versatile. Yeah, I'm, he shouldn't be expected to come out and ball week one. But with that being said, he has the highest ceiling of all these guys, too. Oh, correct. You know, correct. So like if he's not better than like if he's not like a good amount better than what Lorenzo Carter is right now, a year or two in, then it's like it's like a disappointing player. Yeah. And them taking the Lorenzo Carter
1: approach, which they a lot, you know, Lorenzo Carter came in on a lot of third downs his rookie year. And then they started to kind of bring him along more and more and more. The Lorenzo Carter approach is what I'm expecting with Azizo Jolari, even though he kinda has like this first rounder tag on him, even though he was taken in the second round. So even though he's a more talented player, we have more expectations for him year one. I'm still expecting the Lorenzo Carter rookie pace that he got. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Would you week six, do you think he they come out for the first play of the game, two outside linebackers? Do you think he's one of them? You know what? This no. to spend too much time on because we're doing our camp battles episode in a week or so too. But
1: no, okay,
0: all right. I'll we'll save our conversation for that for camp battles on July twenty seventh. All right. Next on this list, free agent edition: Effeté Odenabo, six foot three, two hundred and sixty, twenty seven years old, signed on a one year contract. Um, here's something: he's got more sacks than anybody. Like, he is, he has more production than any of these guys. He has 10.5 sacks over the last two years. And to the league in 2018, too. So, it's not like he's been here since 2015. Yeah, last two seasons, he's had 10.5 sacks. Um, Lorenzo Carter was injured. So, but his first two years, he had 8.5. And, um, and he, like, has hand in... Like, he's the only one with hand... Like, real hand in the dirt experience. O'Shane so puts his hand in the ground sometimes. And so does Lorenzo. But, like, like he's comfortable with his hand in the dirt. Um, and, and, again, production does matter with, with these guys. So if they're like, hey, like we we're, we're trying to get a guy out here who can, you know, get production and play the run, well a Fede can do that. Now I don't think he's the greatest run defender. Um but when I talk about that, that was more of him like talking like playing that five tech defense attack cool position. Which he can also do though. Like he can play like you can't pit Lorenzo Carter over a guard. You really can't put his you know as or at least as a hand in the dirt. Like you could put him in the gaps but you can't put Aziz Ojolari like, you know, over a guard and expect him to play the run well. No. Lorenzo Carter, you no. can't do that. O'Shane dim- None of the edge guys, you know, if you go down the list, Ellerson Smith, Ryan Anderson, uh, Cam Brown. He's the only one where, again, we talk about scheme di- uh, diverse, you know, like diversity. He can do that where other guys can't. Um, the case against him, though, is he doesn't play in coverage at all. He had like two coverage snaps last year. So, he's kind of – he is – you know, defensive four-three defensive end and and three-four outside linebacker are like sometimes the same position. Like Mark, like if he if he was asked to play a Marcus Golden role, I wouldn't view much of a change. But outside linebacker edge, which he practiced in the OTAs, is a much different role than hand in the uh, ground defensive end. So it's like you know. Patrick Green can put in the coverage in the same ways that he put, you know, Dexter Lawrence and, and B.J. Hill in coverage every once in a while. Yeah. But I don't think – like, I think he has, like, the the lowest ceiling as far as actually, like, playing the flats and stuff like any of these other guys. Yeah. Like um, even Ellison Smith, who hasn't done it, you can see has – like, he looks like a guy who can learn that and get better at that. He thing.
1: has the athletic traits, you know. Yeah. Here, we'll, we'll, we'll use that phrase. So I just looked up o- o- Odenabo's size because, you know, here we go. Here It's one of those situations where – he wore number 95 and he put his hand in the dirt with Minnesota. So he looks a lot bigger than probably he actually is. And, you know, Mark, so I compared him to Marcus Golden. Both wear the same number. So I said, why not? And, you know, Odenebo's going to that edge outside role. So I figured it's a fine comparison. Ode, uh, according to the pro football reference, Odenebo's actually two pounds less than uh, Marcus Golden. Um, Oden, uh, Marcus Golden was a bad when
0: he got on because he looks a lot bigger.
1: And 260 pounds, and then he's listed on Pro Football Reference as 258 pounds.
0: So, I thought that there was a major size difference. It looks maybe, like I there mean, is. Maybe, I mean, that could be his combo. Like, he could have gained weight since he got in the league. Yeah. Because he looks well, a no, lot I don't bigger think it's Marcus. A,
1: no, I mean, I think the pro, pro Football Reference does a very good job with a lot of things they do, and I don't think that they would take a cool. – Three years without updating the players' heights and weights. But they don't I think take it players' off the heights and Like when? No, I'm saying, but it goes off the
0: websites. That's what that's what they take it off of. So I mean, yeah, the they, websites like, they could be. Like, Under some, like Eli Manning got tested for height and weight his rookie year in the combine, and I don't think the NFL ever took his height and weight since.
1: No, but I mean, my my whole point is is that it's not a stretch to. Compare them size wise. And my whole thing this whole offseason, when talking about Odenebo as an edge rusher and being a little bit confused by it, is that, well, he's not an edge rusher. He's an interior defense alignment. But my point is that if the size is comparable, if Marcus Golden and Odenebo are somewhat of a similar size, then it can make sense. And Golden actually talked about um, 2019 during a Giants huddle interview that he did. I think he did it with Madeline Burke or one of the people with the Giants. He talked about how. When he was asked to put his hand in the ground, the year after James Betcher left in twenty in twenty eighteen, because twenty eighteen Betcher was with the Giants, that was his first year as a defense coordinator. He talked about how going from Betcher standing up being a stand up edge rusher to putting his hand back in the ground was was awful because he got so comfortable as an as a stand up edge rusher and rushing the passer that way. And I don't know if Odenbo has ever done that in his career. And typically, I think when you talk to a lot of players, I think they prefer to not put their hand in the dirt. So maybe he can get a lot more comfortable. Maybe he can you know, be more comfortable rushing the passer this year, you know, from that you know outside you know wider nine technique rather than just you know being inside the tackle and going and going just straight through the tackle. So um, I do think maybe the maybe this could even transition us to our uh, to the next guy. I do give Odenebo the slight edge as a productive and good pass rusher over O'Shane Zimenez. And am I crazy for
0: saying that? No, you're not crazy. I mean I think it would be it, it's fair. O'Shane Zimenez, six foot four, two hundred and fifty two pounds, twenty four years old. Third round pick out of old Dominion. Um once he once upon a time he was uh you know everyone's everyone's guy. Torn rotator cuff. So he basically missed the whole season. Not with like a huge injury, you know, like I don't think a torn rotator cuff is as devastating as Know Saquon or Lorenzo's injuries, but it's still an injury that he missed the whole year for. Like, remember they tried to bring him back, and he just didn't. Apparently, he didn't. Like, he just wasn't ready, and they just shut him down for the season.
1: Yeah, and then they so they so they gave him surgery, and yeah, so six months to recover. I tried to briefly look up to see if there's any like lingering effects, but I mean, I again, I I'm not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna talk about it. Let's hope that he's ready to rock and roll, but I mean, it, it is the shoulder. I mean, you know, Bobby, how often does he kind of do, I know Odenabo does this a lot, but how often does Osheng do that move where he kind of, he's kind of sticking a tackle with one arm, arm and he's bar. extending. Yeah, he um, does
0: that a lot. The arm, you know, the arm I mean, bar with, you know, he could rips, you know, swim. There, there's a lot of stuff you could do with that. Here's something going for him, Justin. The year three defensive player jump. It's cool. real. Every, it seems like every year there's like a, this guy who was a rookie last year, he's going to get so much better. And it's like, ah, uh, slow your roll. Like with Lorenzo Carter's like, slow your roll a little bit. It didn't happen. Gentleman talks about that. Um, you know, you know, BJ, you know, uh, not BJ Hill. He hasn't got much playing time. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez was, O'Shane Ziminez was the very over, like his expectations for last season were very over put, I think, you know. But, you know, he was my giant factor for week one. I remember that because it's like, all right, let's see what you are. You're going to get a lot of reps. How good of a pass rush you are. How, how have you moved from year one to year two? Um, so that year three player um, jump is. But if you go back to his rookie year where he played the full season, he had just as many sacks as uh, Lorenzo Carter with four and a half. In fact, he had the second most sacks on the team. And he didn't play a lot either. He had 220 less snaps than Lorenzo Carter, you know, um, and, and a lot less than, than Marcus Golden. He had those four and a half sacks. So he's got, he, like, he's a good, pure pass rusher. Like, he's got real moves. He can inside counter. He knows how to redirect. Um, so, like, he he's like a, like, I think he's, depending on what Aziz is right away, like if you just okay, let's just take Aziz off off the roster. He's, I think I still think he's the best pure pass rusher on the team, because um, he just like he has a, diver, a diverse you know, um, like to, like toolbox um, of of moves to use where a lot of guys don't have that. Um, so and it, like you, you know like who would who would you rather have on a third and long him or you know Cam you know if, you know if I I think I would go O'Shane. Um, so this camp's big for him. Like it don't be surprised if O'Shane shows out this camp and he's like the baller of this camp. He he basically missed the whole year so he's been forgotten. But I haven't forgotten O'Shane. I'm not like he, I'm not like full bloom in love with O'Shane where it's like they need to play this guy more. But I also know that like you know, we talked about it after the draft. I was like don't count this guy out quite yet.
1: Yeah, we've had this conversation before too and I keep on going back to, O'Shane was kind of last on the edge rusher totem pole. I mean, you know, Kyler Fackrell was getting more snaps than O'Shane Zimenez, and Kyler Fakrell isn't isn't anything great. And you know, I, I, Mark him and Marcus Golden were kind of. Uh, I think Golden got a little bit less snaps than him because uh, O'Shane, the, his biggest game was 58% of the snaps against San Fran, but that was kind of a big blowout. 41% against Pittsburgh, 29% against Chicago, and then the Rams game, he got hurt. So I, the reason why O'Shane is down on my totem pole out of these four is because the Giants coaching staff showed that they did not have the, the most confidence in him or in the world in O'Shane last year, especially when you compare him to Kyler Fackrell. I mean, if, if, in my opinion, if you're not beating Kyler Fackrell out in snaps, I mean, it's not that you're doing something wrong, but clearly you ain't doing everything right. Um, but he did have sneaky, you know, it was, it was the sneaky production in 56 pass rush snaps. He had three QB hits and five pressures. And that's according to pro football reference. Um, the 56 pass rush snaps is from PFF, but I don't take PFF pressures. So, Uh, He had a little bit of sneaky production for the opportunities that he was given, and I am kind of getting in this boat of I give a little bit more sympathy to especially defensive players when looking at their box score stuff and looking at their advanced stats. I'm giving a little bit more sympathy to guys that don't get a lot of snaps, and if they are productive, I give them more brownie points because you know it's a dance it really is a dance you got to get out there and you got to get a feel for your opponent you got to get a feel for your partner and you know how can you beat this guy how how can i beat the guy that's from across from me and you can't just you know snap your fingers and do that from snap 1 you kind of have to get your feet wet a little bit and ocean has never been really given the opportunity to get his feet wet against anybody
0: yeah um i mean i i like O'Shane. i don't love him but i, I do like him um, doesn't drop So back do in you the rank
1: um do you rank a Fetty over um O'Shane? Cuz they're I mean they're basically even for me, but I give Effetti
0: the edge they're just because of players, the previous man. production. They're different players. Like if you're asking uh, for 3rd and 2, I'm probably putting a Fetty in. 3rd and 7, it's O'Shane no doubt. So they're just different yeah. players. Uh and that's why I think both should make the team. Um, if if you're playing if you're playing But um, here's the thing going against O'Shane if they don't want to keep a you know six guys at that outside linebacker spot, they might be like, all right, O'Shane, we're uh we're giving that we're giving a, we're giving Ellison your spot. Cam Brown yeah, plays a I ton could, of special teams. It. He yeah, second on our team in special teams reps. Uh, we got these three guys ahead of you. You're in year three. We didn't draft you. You were drafted for a system where you were basically rushing off the edge every play and not having to have the ability to drop back in the coverage. There's like like O'Shane could get cut. I don't want him to get cut, um, but there's there's a, w- a world where they're like, hey, we we would rather give those reps to Ellerson Smith.
1: Yeah, I when we did our when we did our very early 53 man right roster prediction, I actually initially before we eat before I even started to fully put together the roster, I did leave him off, thinking that I was going to have to leave him off, but I I didn't because obviously you know. Uh, I, I I cut guys like Nate Ebner and you know cut other special you know cut other special teams guys, but it would not surprise. I me. Mean, what are what are O'Shane's um, special teams? Yeah, and that's the I thing can, is, Lorenzo Aziz,
0: Effedi. I don't see any of those guys getting cut. O'Shane, it could happen. O'Shane if he had gets cut for Ryan special... Anderson, I'll be pissed.
1: O'Shane basically had fifty eight percent, fifty percent, sixty five percent of the special team snaps. So I mean, he he does play yeah, special teams, good. but he's not a special teamer.
0: You know. Yeah. So, but but that's that's good though. If he, if he gets cut for Ryan Anderson, I'll be a little aggravated by that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're not even gonna talk about Ryan Anderson. No, uh, and he's watch not him on our watch him four. just be like the number one guy too, just to really just throw it right in our face. Yeah. Why not? All right, we spent 30 minutes on this. We're like, this won't take very long at all. Um, I was like, are we even gonna spend 20 minutes on us? We did it. All right. Before we get to the interview. Um, Joe judge did an interview with the flying coach podcast, Sean McVay and Peter Schrager. I'll be honest. I was a little let down this interview. Like the stories that he told for the most part were ones we already heard. Like the Nick Saban interview and the bill, like Bill Belichick. Like I, like we've, at least if you're, you know, those are out there. We, I've heard those, those stories. Um, I did think was cool. Um, Ellis Johnson, who was his coach at, uh, I forget the name of the college. I should have wrote it down um like the Patriots wanted to interview with him but he's like no nah, I just took this you know job with them you know I want to be loyal and then he found out about that it's like no go interview for that like I don't want to stop you which did remind me of the Brett Bielma situation you know there's a lot of guys on this on this team that could you know possibly go go somewhere else and coach and, and Joe Judge wouldn't stop them from doing that so I, I like that um McVeigh wanted to talk specifics. Like if you listen to McVeigh's podcast with with Kyle Shanahan, I mean they are talking specifics, X's and O's. Judge didn't want to do that. Like don't like McVeigh tried to pull out pull it out of him a couple times, where he mentioned the Tampa game, some stuff in the Tampa game. Well, I mean McVeigh and Shanahan they seem like a couple nerds, and and they're they're friends. Where McVeigh and Judge didn't know each other previous to this. Yeah, but McVeigh was tried to get out of him a little bit with he mentioned you know brought some stuff from the Tampa game. And then he McMahon, he brought McMahon up the Austin Shanahan. Johnson sack.
1: Yes, he did. It, 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 and Joe Judge didn't he, bite.
0: It, the only he he brought up a, f- which I uh, you might think is funny. He brought up, remember the after the third quarter of the 49ers game fourth and short we did a QB sneak we didn't get and he, he like, yeah. mentioned like I was probably a little too emotional on that. Yeah, and then he we didn't go yeah. for it on fourth and one like, a lot after that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he talked about the tempo of the in terms of uh, some some stuff that I. and By the way, McVeigh and Shanahan probably know each other like the back of their heads. Yeah, they're hands, like so,
0: really. They're um, like I mean they've they've worked together. They're good friends.
1: Yeah, well they've worked and then they also face each other twice a year. So there's nothing that they're going to say to each other that they probably don't already know about each other. So it's not like the state secrets have to be kept there. But um, Judge did talk about you know McVeigh asked him you know what's what's one of the things that you know looking back on like your rookie year of coaching and. You know, maybe something that you want to change or improve. And he talked about the tempo of the game. You know, keeping with the tempo of the game. He's like, you know, I'm not really involved in the play calling, but um, he didn't talk specifically about the tempo of the game. I guess, like, timeouts are included in that. I wanted him to talk about fourth down decision-making with the tempo of the game. He didn't, but I'm going to infer that that is ultimately part of it. Um, he talked about, he mentioned, this was very brief, and I wrote this down. He mentioned explosive plays as a pattern of the going-along the process of how he prepares and how he watches tape. They talked a lot about like how you watch tape and what you look for. And what, one of the things that he said is, how does an opposing offense produce explosive plays? So, I mean, hey, small point, but if, if you're asking a coach, how do you go about your process? And that's one of the things that he says, and it pops in his head. Um, I'd like to believe it, and that's actually a legitimate thing that he and does. There's, so. And there's,
0: hey. those are things like the, Pat, the James Bradbury interception versus Washington. Like that was a very well designed defensive play against um, a pretty a common chunk play play by an NFL team where it's 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 um you know you're running dagger where you have the clear out in the slot you have the twenty yard dig and then the other route coming under they covered they showed that they covered it under and made it seem like the dig route was going to be there but James Bradbury tricked like so that was probably something that you know Scott Turner who you know I actually like Scott Turner's offense a good amount. Who, you know, is looking to get those chunk plays like Patrick Graham was probably like, all right, when they get in this formation and this down and distance, they're pro they're gonna come to this dagger play. Um, so stuff like that, like I I like that's I, that's the nerdy. St- I was hoping for more nerdy stuff like that, even though they didn't bring yeah. that up. I did that, but still. There you but go. I was hoping there like like go. I wanted that. I want them to like talk through plays. Like they didn't ask about like, and this is part on like they didn't even ask about like his relationship with Patrick Grant. You know. Like, yeah. Patrick Graham didn't even take an interview with the Jets and, like, in, and re up for the – Like, I would I have would asked about that a little bit. You know, they didn't ask about Garrett at all, which, you know, I was fine with that. But it, Maybe there it was, was a just kind of a request. Like, and, and Peter Schrager oversold it. And I like Peter Schrager. But he's like, and he's hilarious. I was like, I don't think Joe Judge even tried to be funny in this interview. Like, there was nothing no. funny about the interview unless you really think, like, no. him calling a, a whiteboard or board like, that funny.
1: Nah, I mean, I couldn't. So you've heard some other judge interviews where I, I guess he was, you know, a little bit more personal or whatnot, and you've already heard these stories. But I can imagine that this is a the casual well, fan many like that,
0: these, these these stories. But for like Giants fans, it's like I didn't yeah, learn no, nothing new.
1: No, but I mean, I was even going to say even for like the most uh, you know diehard Giants fan, I can imagine that this is the first interview where they have listened to Joe Judge because it's a Sean McVay, you know. Peter Schrager podcast that it's a big podcast not just you know smaller show that maybe Judge went on I can imagine that this is like the first time that a lot of fans got to kind of hear these stories and especially you know hearing how Judge went to a D3 school and you know then went to Alabama and some stories about how you know Saban and Belichick you know challenged him I even like the one story where he was you know they were talking about like his clothes the coaches were like talking about his clothes and he was talking about how you know you, you can't you have to Basically, kind of just take it and laugh with it. So you don't want to, you know, you know, freak out and you know that was that was a lear- you know learning moment. Just take the, you know, bullshit, whatever. So, yeah, uh, cool. I, I thought it was cool. Uh, you know, not nothing crazy, but I can imagine. Just it, it's it's one of those things, Bobby. You know, and we we have this too when we you know, if we interview a player. Let's just say, you know, and it's not the most exciting. It's more or less just exciting to hear the coach talk, kind of like in a personal environment. And you know that person talk in the personal environment, rather than like, oh, it was a really awesome interview. Which I find sometimes that's that's what you got to do.
0: So yeah, yeah. So, but you know what? That just means when Joe Judge comes on with us, uh, they will just it'll, we will have the best Joe Judge interview because like we're we're go. gonna we're gonna really pull and, and tug at all the good stuff. There you go. Um, well, speaking of pulling and, and, and they it. like the, and every interview he goes on now, they try and get a. This is getting a little. Every interview he's been on is like. The Eagles week seventeen, like they saw that great soundbite he gave, and it's like, all right. Every time we talk to him, we're gonna try and get like get that. Yeah. And he answered that with like a like a one word answer. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that.
1: He's never gonna live that down. That's probably like a regret that he has low low key. Like he should have never said that.
0: His players loved it, so I don't. I think you know he gets a little like he gets some crap about that from the national media, but his players love like I know they love that, and the fans love I too, it and that's too. That's really what matters. I loved it. I yeah, it. yeah, like we I mean we love that 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 quote. Like that was that was big and you know all the ESPN big heads were like this guy he he's too serious. Um the players love him. Anyways. Interview. Hey
1: Bobby Skinner. Hey Bobby Skinner.
0: <laughs> oh crap. I'm going to read Go something first. Go ahead.
1: I'm going to read something first. All I... right. Guess what? DraftKings Sportsbook. It's not only my favorite sports book, but it's America's top-rated sportsbook. They sent our company John Boy Media out for the All-Star game, which is kind of awesome. They had a really, really good time. We love DraftKings Sportsbook. It's Not easy to navigate. Invited. Has you nope, we didn't get invited. I mean, they had a really good time, so a little little bit of FOMO, especially home run derby seemed like a blast. Um, we loved using DraftKings Sportsbook. Easy to navigate, plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family, they've been you. Lov- they've been loving using DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you'll love it too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you, courtside with a chance to turn $1 and $150 in site credits. That's right, pick either basketball team. And if that team is still in contention, Suns and the uh, Bucks. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $150. And it's like credits, don't forget. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball and so much more all week long. Well, I, get, well I, I said basketball. I meant say baseball. Offers on other sports like baseball so much more week all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook, it's safe, secure, reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook. Out now and use promo code John Boy when you sign up to turn $1 into $150 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $150 in free credits. That's promo code John Boy. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1 100 Gambler or an Indiana 1 with it.
0: All right, we have JT Alphabet. Of the pinnacle, Atlanta. He's a trainer. Like I, like I said, at the beginning of the pod, trains Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, Andrew Thomas, Aziz Ojalar, and Tay Crowder. Um, I would say take less about like, he's like, these guys are all going to be like, every one of them is going to be great, and that's what he should do if he's straight, but more just about like what they're working on and, and relationships and stuff like that. So here is JT Alphabet. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a
2: beautiful day Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa.
0: Uh. All right, we now welcome onto the program. He's a trainer out of based out of Atlanta, uh, runs the Pinnacle Atlanta, JT Alphabet. JT, one, Yo. first of all, thanks for coming on. Two, before sure. we get into it, because obviously we want to talk about, you had like, you know, 25% of the Giants roster down there training with you. <laughs> uh, what is Pinnacle and how did it start?
2: Okay, well, um, Pinnacle, you know, it's been around for like uh, maybe six to seven years. At, at first, it was just a baseball facility. And um, once I graduated college, I started interning there and I was training baseball guys. But for my background, I'm a football and, and track guy. So, you know, we decided to venture out and and I think that's it's going pretty well for us right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be. Is it is it like just pro athletes or? Like yeah, you know, uh, we talked so, with Daniel Jones trainer, and it's like, I just throw with overhand throwers, and that's it. like oh, no, yeah,
2: yeah. so we have um all ages. Uh, our probably um uh, youngest is a ten year old kid maybe, um, but we have all ages from kids, um amateurs, high school, college, and pro. yeah, yeah it's pretty cool.
0: last year last year we talked with Keenan Forney, who you know, was training with Andrew. Mm -hmm. um and play in the nfl and stuff so i always like seeing that it's like the training facilities where it's like hey these guys are good enough to be training the pros yeah they're also with the youth and stuff which is yeah exactly which is is pretty cool to see so we uh we know you know i guess i told you before we we try to not post people's training clips because you know every single player has them but i saw you had aziz Ojalari, andrew thomas Tay crowder the georgia guys and then later saw uh evan ingram was there how did you get hooked up with the, these four New York giants or was it
2: one? And then the rest came later. Um, so, well, I was training Evan. Um, Evan has been my guy since, uh, March 1st. Um, I actually grew up with Evan. We played football against each other and we just always had a respect for each other. Uh, um, once he saw that I was training, he, you know, he gave me a chance and he liked what I was doing. And so, um, this offseason we went, you know, head on with it. Um, now, the other guys, uh, like uh, Zs, um, I was training Zs' little brother, who uh, actually is at LSU, uh, BJ Ojolari. And so BJ told Zs about it, and Zs came in, tried it out, and he's been stuck with me since. Um, uh, then I got Tate Crowder, and then Andrew came, and um, I actually had Slay today. So it's just been growing, yeah. Okay, oh,
0: so Slayton – I know Slayton's in Georgia too, too, yeah. so that, yeah.
2: that makes sense. Slay pulled um, up
0: today. Well, it seems like they must like you because it's, it's spreading a <laughs> like, uh, good word of mouth spreading. Uh, yeah, man. It's roster. crazy. It's
2: going crazy right now.
0: Um, especially those Georgia, I mean, the giants, they've drafted like five in the last four years. Dog nation. Have, have <laughs> they, it, what, what giant is or what Georgia dog is going to end up on the giants in 2022. We've already like peaked. I don't early. know, man. You got don't George know. Pickens. You got a couple of guys <laughs> that you like in there. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, so let's get into the players. Um, and we'll start off with the Z's because he is the newest member. He's a rookie second yeah. round pick who had first round buzz. What is something that you've like that he's identified and you guys are working on that? It's like, okay, like you need this to go on the mm-hmm. end like in that next level.
2: Well, um, Z's man, that dude, he shouldn't be that big and, you know, move that well. Um, uh, he's so, he's so strong. He's explosive. Um, but the one thing that we're working on right now is just body control, learning how to control his body. Um, Learning how to move through all different planes, um, so that's something big that we're working on. Once he get that, I think he's going to take off. He's going to be the next one. Right on. Um, with Andrew, like, so, like, okay, what,
0: what are you exactly are you working on with these guys? Because you know, obviously, you know, you know, are you like, like, working on football movement, whether or you know, preventing so, injuries or, or, or what?
2: Yeah. So everything is basically. Um, learning how to move in different planes, learning how to control their body. We we rarely lift heavy weight. Um, we, we we choose to do movements over maxes, basically functional movements over maxes. So anything we do is performance-based. Anything we're going to do is something you're going to do on the field. We don't squat heavy. We don't bench heavy. It's just controlling the body, man. And my partner, my partner, Koi Flynn uh, – as the strength coach, he's really creative. And we, we tend to put the speed and the lift together anytime we program. So first day would be a linear day. The lift is something that's going to be a linear as well. Change of direction will be the next day. It's going to have some change of direction in the lift. Acceleration will be the next day. It's going to be a combo of everything. So anything we do, basically we put it all together. So I, I think that's why the guys are, are, are loving it, you know? So,
0: Andrew... You mentioned, you know, not lifting heavy, which which I like. Andrew, he's coming <laughs> off that he's coming off that ankle injury. Yeah. How does he look? Because last time we got to see him was in the in the OTAs and he looked fine, but um, you know, they weren't working him the full load
2: and no, we was for sure. already like is, is he like full on, ready to go right now? That dude is ready. Um, that dude is a freaky athlete. Um he 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 moves just as well as the other guys. He's just weighs way more, but that dude is ready, man. Uh, I think year two is going to be a breakout year for him. I have – I mean, I know Giants fans are worried about the ankle, but I'm here to tell you, like, he's ready to go. So,
0: yeah. It was re- I, I was big on – you know, I try to do, like, you know, the scouting stuff. Obviously not a, a scout, yeah. but, you, but you look at the stuff, and I always kind of had Andrew above all those other guys in his class, and, you know, Beckton and Wilson. His, his rookie year in New York sucks because it's It's, <laughs> it's brutal. Because he, you know, and he he admitted, you know, he started out slow, but yeah. he at the end of the year, it's like okay, like he's here, he's ready. Yeah, um, excited to see him build. And like you said, man, like that's why I liked him the most. It's like just that raw athleticism. Like man, I'm telling love you, with forty times, like me, look man. at his twenty yard shuttle. You're the fastest shuttle in the whole
2: combine. There's something season. wrong with you. If you worry about a forty for a left tackle, is something wrong with you?
0: Twenty yard shuttle is is what is what it is. And he, had, yeah. I think he had the second fastest out of offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, which he, like you said, he has that athletic ability. That dude's um, great. What about Tay? What What is what is Tay working on? How's he feeling? Um, well, I, obviously, came, you know, switched from running back to linebacker. Yeah. And then was, you know, the last pick of the draft, and then got thrown in in the first five weeks.
2: Yeah. Well, I actually had Tay for, like, a few days. I think he's up there in New York right now. So, he wanted to get a head start before everybody got there. Um, that dude is a worker. Like, he grinds, and that's why I love him. Anything – um, that needs to be done. He's going to get it done. Um, he looks like a running back, but he also looks like a linebacker. So they're going to have trouble dealing with him on this defense this year, man.
0: I'm excited for him, man. I was yeah. pushing for him to get in there and, and early. And then when he came, when he showed, I mean, I have to get like 10 tackles in this he,
2: he has a chip on his shoulder. Um, that 255, he has a chip on his shoulder. He He embraces it. And I love that he embraces it.
0: Yeah, I know. I think I think they even did like a whole like his town. They gave him a sign that said Mr. Irrelevant. So, yeah, he, you could definitely tell he's leaning into it. I know he did his camp and stuff in the offseason. So it seems like he is putting in that work. How how about Andrew versus Aziz? Obviously, you're not doing full on battles yeah. or nothing. But <laughs> how, how are those two together? They were together yeah. when Aziz got drafted. Are they like are they chirping hey. at each other about, you know, those one on ones in camp?
2: They, they talk about it all the time. They talk about the Georgia days, and they talk about it up there right now. Um, those dudes, man, they, they're they hilarious. They they love to compete no matter what we do, and I, I love it. I have them working out together, so we're competing all day, every day.
0: Who Did, did you get any inside info on who won the one-on-ones at Georgia, or, <laughs> or do you both tell you that they Oh,
2: uh, man, I'm going to say it was a tie. I'll say it was a tie. I'll say it was a tie. Uh, <laughs> I've I tried can't.
0: my hardest to try and to get like, just give me 10 practice reps of those. two. Get, <laughs> I, haven't yeah, been I, can't that. I
2: can't give you that.
0: <laughs> so uh, you mentioned, you know, Evan was the first person you talked to. Yeah. How is he feeling mentally? Because he had, I mean, you know, he had a year with those drop. like he yep. like he, full year healthy, which I think was the first time in his, his career. I know he had one year. He only missed one game. Yep. But, you know, he had those drops and he, you know, came out and talked about it. How is he mentally one going into a contract year, but in a year where, you know, we talked about New York fans, they are low on him because of yeah. those drops. How does he feel mentally going into this year?
2: Mentally, he's ready, man. He he, he looks ready. Um, I know he's ready. We, we put in a lot of work since March. Um, he's in the best shape of his life. He's moving well. He's consistently touching 22 miles an hour at 240. Um, we do a speed session. We do our lift session and after every day, we catch at least 100 balls before we go and i I love that he get he's getting extra eats every day that's what i like to call it um catch 100 balls then he goes out trains with his receiver trainer and that's his day i mean he he's ready to go man so i hope i just hope you guys are ready this is this is about to be a show i think it's gonna be a crazy show with him
0: is there anything he's like working like i mean he he, i think he led the nfl in drops and like you see the athletic ability and and there's a reason why you know he has that game-breaking speed and just he makes big plays but yeah. he was inconsistent this past year. Is there any like a different approach he's taking to that? Because I mean it's really is like the loudest thing right now with him yeah. is that because Yeah, know.
2: I mean we we've, we've done a lot of hand-eye work. Um so that's a lot of stuff. That's that's the most important thing that we focused on hand-eye um and getting an extra eats every day. We catch at least 100 balls before we go. Um, so, that hand-eye is going to work out great for him, I think.
0: Does he ever talk about how much Giants fans are annoying with him? Because he made the Pro Bowl, and I, I felt bad for him because, you know, uh, I was like, man, he yeah. made the Pro Bowl. Like, he didn't choose that, and people were coming uh, out. I don't,
2: I don't really think he buys into I don't really think he focuses on that. He doesn't even, like, like care about them, to be honest. Um, they love him. They love him. If they hate him, they hate him. He's moving on. I mean, it's time to go. You know, it's a big year coming for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he, and he knows if – comes out and does what he's capable of doing this year it'll 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 turn that quickly and i mean i saw with andrew people were losing their mind on andrew and by week 11 we we had him back on like okay here this is why we drafted them
2: i think i think those fans are gonna love him this year I, i i sure think so
0: yeah well i hope so man jt where can people find if they you know we have listeners which, yeah. you know, I, I'm not meaning to brag, by the way, I, I'm down here in Florida and I found like, you know, a handful of listeners from the exact <laughs> county. So I know yeah. we got some people in Atlanta and probably some young football players. Where can they like get in touch with you and Pinnacle?
2: OK, so my Instagram is uh, at JT Alphabet. Um, my Twitter is at JT Alphabet underscore um, at the Pinnacle ATL. That's the facility if you want to check it out. Um, but yeah, that's my social. That's everything you need to know. Just hit me. JT, thank you for
0: giving us uh, some time of your day. And so hopefully, hopefully we're talking next offseason about how all these guys came and had a good year. Hey, man, y'all going to see, man. Trust me, y'all going to see. Appreciate it.
2: <laughs> all right, bro, appreciate it. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won. But I think we had on the varsity. Look,
0: That one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. And I hate baseball and golf. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash world. Now, Get your man. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. All, for the com- all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare a professional will work with you to find your best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com, GetRoman.com slash world and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash world and now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash world. I've read that. I've I mean I've read that like twenty times. You just get your ED stuff. Get started now to save fifteen dollars in the first month of treatment. Bam. Snacks Snacks is gonna use it. He he let me know. Danny's using it and he says it works great, so.
1: Doctors are nice. Non judgmental.
0: Non judgmental. Like I'll judge you, but those doctors won't.
1: Bobby will judge you. Um so don't don't tell us if you use the promo code. <laughs>
0: No, I won't judge you for the for using that just on like your life in general.
1: Oh wow! Oh yeah, wow! Yeah.
0: Okay. Like I judge Justin all the time. You he does
1: he does it on the show.
0: Um, anything hey else?
1: Justin, this is what I this is what I don't like about you. Say it on the show. Um, think of think of one thing right now.
0: What? That I judge you on. Think of one on? thing you don't. Think of one thing you don't like about me right now. Um. Do you want like something playful or something serious? Oh whatever whatever route you want to go down. Um I think you think things should be the way they ought to be and not the way they are in reality. Like we should That's get deep. this. It's like okay, but we like we don't. So let's deal with it and, and like I don't think you embrace the struggle as much as me. Like I I kind of enjoy struggling and you're just like, "Nah, screw that." Like I want things You don't to, know me. I want things to go right. I want things to go right.
1: Well, I mean, wa- wa- wanting things to go right—I don't think
0: that's a do I don't—is that the critique? It's deeper than that, but we don't have enough time for that. Um, anything else before we close out the pod? Gadirius Tony loves
1: us. Um, I yes, yeah,
0: so that's true. He's a talking Giants commenter, he's a
1: commenter on our Instagram posts. I I made a meme of um of you know the the boyfriend that looks back at. You know, he's holding a girl's hand of the, you know, he has a girlfriend on his right side, but he's looking, woo, and he's looking yeah, back. Yeah, know that meme. Um, you know that meme? So I, I made the meme, and I said, um, still obsessing over Young Joker's song. And then the girlfriend on the right that's like, how dare you ignore me? It, and it said, Saquon Barkley's new workout pictures, which, so transition. Um, I love the take that everybody's having. Just because Saquon Barkley is putting out workout pictures and his legs look really good in them i should say
0: yeah i'm just not phased by that anymore like we've we've seen like they've been like that like it was like now it's like okay that's just saquon
1: but we have those pictures that come out and it's not even a video they were pictures uh people are com people are therefore forming the take based off of pictures saying comeback season for saquon
0: so i love It is a comeback season he'll be eased back (laughs) which is a fact by the way because we we were kind of getting a little heat for using that yeah I got pretty on pretty good authority that they're actually easing him back. Ooh, I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't think that means he's missing week one, but they are going to ease him back.
1: Little little bit of a talking Giants report. Never tweeted out. We would never tweet. Of it course out. not.
0: Not tweet. Yeah, you, you got to listen to. You have to be listening at the fifty-four minute mark to get this type of information. Boom. Um. So that should I talk about the whole Dwayne Haskins thing? No. Why not?
1: I don't feel like it. I gotta. I gotta go record
0: another interview. We can. Too many people got so mad about that. It was a joke.
1: That you put a picture of a hole in Dwayne Haskins' smiling face. Yeah,
0: because his wife. He's missing a tooth because you know the 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 punch was he.
1: Yeah. I would let my. I would let my wife punch me all the time. That's funny. If I had a wife, I'd let her punch me in the face all the time.
0: Well, if that's what you're into. Yeah. Um, hey. I just, people were just like mad. I don't know. It was like almost like they wanted to be able to like hit women. Like the double standard. It's like, yeah, we know. Like obviously it's different. And people are like, there's nothing funny about this. Like, yes, there is. There's stuff is funny. Okay. Like it's okay to make jokes.
1: You know, it, it's funny because it's Dwayne Haskins.
0: Yeah. And I, I felt obligated to do it because of Dwayne Haskins. But at the same time, if that happened to you, I would laugh at you. Wow, and I would make ju- I would make the same exact jokes. Wow, harsh. I mean, but it's just like that's just like that's what like being funny trying to be funny is about. Twitter sucks. Don't get um, don't get
1: punched by your wife unless that's your thing.
0: Yeah, it ain't illegal to dodge. Don't hit back now. Don't definitely don't do that. But it ain't illegal to dodge.
1: Dip, duck, dip, dive, dodge, dip, duck.
0: How's that go? I don't know, don't- but just don't like you know. They made me delete the tweet. I didn't want to. All right, that's a show. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Tuesday. Not even sure what we're going to do on Tuesday. Mailbag. Like we maybe, but we might have an interview too. We Ooh. there'll be an, there'll be a mailbag sometime next week. We're trying to get a couple interviews maybe, um, and then after that is training camp. PPP starts. So we appreciate you guys. We will see you then. Enjoy your weekend. Until then. Let's go big blue.